lymphedema community. As you know, Lympha Press believes in supporting and sharing the voices and the stories of those who are managing their lipedema. And I have a shining light with me today. Her name is Bree McEwen. She's coming from North Carolina. Bree, it's so nice to meet you. It's so nice to meet you as well. <laughs> and I found you actually six degrees of separation, perhaps through pale ginger pear. Tell us that story. Yeah. So I'd seen pale ginger pear talking about the lymphopress system. And when I got established with a new doctor here in North Carolina, and I let her know that I needed a, 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 a pump for my body, I'd seen Dr. Iker maybe a year ago, right before the pandemic started. And Dr. Iker recommended I get a pump for my upper body since I have the type of lipedema that affects my upper and my lower body. I said, oh, okay, well, let's see what I can do because I have it in my breast, my upper stomach, my panis, my flanks. I said, they make pumps for this area. She said, I love move. that you <laughs> asked that question because maybe there are some women watching this right now and saying, they make pumps for this area. Yes, <laughs> Lymphopress yeah. has body solutions for the lipedema patient with the Optimal Plus. All right, so when you found out that they made such a thing, what was the next step? Well, the next step is I talked to my doctor um, because I don't necessarily know how to go about getting a pump. And so she asked me, well, who should I reach out to? And I said, well, Lymphopress is the first name that came up. I knew that Pell Ginger Pear talks about you guys online. Dr. Iker talked about you guys. Well, not directly, but she has pumps in her office. And she let me even, I have a photo. I, she let me use a lower body pump and they zipped me all in. And, <laughs> and it was a good feeling, to be honest. I'd never used a pump prior to then. That was my first time even experiencing something like that. So she really encouraged me to, if I, if I can't, you know, get, have surgery and have it, have this surgically removed to definitely look into getting a pump. So the next step was I, I reached out to my doctor. My doctor asked me for companies that she could reach out to and Lymphopress came up. So she reached out to you all and connected me. Well, we're sending a, a big heartfelt thanks to Pale Ginger Pear and to <laughs> Dr. Iker because we love when people find us because we know that the garments are, well, what's been your experience with the garments? Well, <laughs> I mean, so, when you tried it at Dr. Iker's office, what was that experience like? What did it feel like? It was your first time pumping. It was, it was my first time pumping. So I'd been doing my own massage uh, so far, but it's, it's a long process, to be honest. It's, it takes a while to do your mas massages. And yes, you know, if you, if you have to, you should be taking the time to do them. Um, but with the pump, it was once you get in, and the pump starts going, it's just a timed process. And then you're, you're out and it's done. It's so much more efficient. You can literally feel the, the lymphatic fluids being moved around by the pump. Um, she explained that you're gonna feel the pump sort of put a little bit of pressure and then you know it'll oscillate between pressure and release, pressure and release. And it felt just like, you know, a really good <laughs> massage. <laughs> And I have in the in the photo I have it's taken from above. In the photo I have of me in the the pants, you know, type of pump, I'm laughing because it feels so good. 
can you please send me that photo? <laughs> yes, I can. I've shared it in different lipedema groups, like on Facebook, uh, because I was really excited about that trip to Santa Monica. That was my first time to see Dr. Iker. Um, but yeah, the pump feels, it feels really good. And so I've never experienced it on my upper body. I'm dying to, because again, my upper body is where I have the most impact actually for. And you probably have seen that pale ginger pear recently got the upper body garment. So uh, (laughs) I hope that that is in works for you. And we'll talk to you again after that. But do you mind going back with me in time and your life before diagnosis? When did you start to realize that there was something happening in your body? You know, this is really, this is a fantastic question. Thank you for asking me this. I knew that my body was different when I was a teenager. I've known that my body was different. And folks, because we live, like we have such, um, when I was young, we were kind of in the middle of a movement of body acceptance and body positivity. And as much as those movements helped me accept my body, no one really advocated for what I was saying about the difference I saw in my body. People were like, you know, they were either you need to go on a diet and lose some weight. This is an emergency. Or they were like, nothing is wrong with you. You're beautiful. You're fine. Nothing is wrong with you. And neither of those were the advocacy that I needed. None of those were listening to like the words I was saying about my body. I looked different. My skin moved differently. The texture of my body was different. The, you know, I, the, ex- the experience of having my legs feel like anvils. I remember being on the playground. This is how young I was. I remember being on the playground and wishing I could run. I couldn't run like the other kids. I couldn't run and play sports the way I wanted to. My legs were very heavy. My legs were very heavy. <clears throat> I knew that my body was different from a very young age. You know, when I started to see the cuffing that I have on my legs, I I would look at other kids' legs. I would literally obsess with other kids' legs. And I thought, oh gosh, someone's gonna think I'm like weird because I'm always staring at legs because I noticed that there's some differences. I didn't get diagnosed until I was 37 years old. So all that space between your hearing, (laughs) love yourself and uh, we agree love yourself or you should go on a diet yeah (laughs) you know really thanks for the info right yeah and you were really listening how did you get your diagnosis right so I'd gone on a really serious I'm gonna take this serious journey right and it was one of those oh great I'm gonna change my body right now I'm approaching my 40s. I'm going to do everything I need to do. And I talked to my doctor about weight loss surgery. I almost had weight loss surgery. And I'd gone to um, a couple of anonymous groups. Honestly, I wanted to know like, if do I have a problem with food? I went to Overeaters Anonymous, Food Addicts Anonymous, and I didn't feel like I, I wasn't hearing my story. You know, they say, you know, you'll hear your story. I was there for a year or so. I never heard my story. You know, um, I began to write down what I ate because prior to weight loss surgery, they asked you to lose about 30% or something like that of your weight. So it was a specific number they asked you to lose for the safety of your, for your own safety. They want you to get fat off your liver. 
And I said, okay, well, I'm going to start writing down everything I ate. And I started noticing a pattern that I was eating between 1800 and maybe 2400 calories a day. And I said, well, wait a minute. I'd never really done this for an extended period of time. I kept doing it. I, I kept writing down what I ate maybe for about a year. I became a, a vegan at that time. <clears throat> I was watching my weight. And then I noticed that around my menstrual cycle, my eating, my calories would go way up, 2,800 calories. And then right after it started, I'm sorry, I'm being very direct and specific, but right after my menstrual cycle would start, it would drop way low, just really quickly, way low to about 900 calories. And then it leveled back out between 1,800 and 2,400 calories. We'll go to fit. That's normal, actually. That's pretty normal. And I started to go to doctors and I said, listen, I have in my phone where I'm keeping all my, my food records for about a year. I said, I'm eating with this pattern. And I know that that is not a pattern that, that we ask folks to eat in when they want to lose weight. But this is also not a pattern that makes someone 380 something pounds. Well, they just wanted to talk to me about weight loss surgery. So I started searching the internet. <laughs> I started searching the internet and I came across, it was a YouTube video of the doctors that show the doctors and Dr. Amron was talking to a woman who was a black woman. She looked just like me who had lipedema. And he started to describe what was going on with her legs. And I said, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. And I said, could I possibly? And I started searching the internet, lipedema, lipedema, lipedema. For like weeks on end, I started looking at these images. I found groups online. I started to wonder, do I have this? And then after a while, I started to feel like I definitely have this. I definitely have this. Unfortunately, it took another year for me to get diagnosed. I started talking to doctors directly about lipedema and they knew nothing about it. They'd never heard of it. Um, I... I went to Stanford that I would, I chose to go to Stanford to try to get a diagnosis because they have a lipedema research center there. And I lived in Northern California. That was, I was very privileged to be that close to a, a research center when no doctors basically had heard of it. I reached out to a dermatologist who had sort of heard like maybe a dermatologist can help get you diagnosed. And I, I worked really hard to get this appointment. <clears throat> and when I went in, I said, ma'am, I think I have something called lipedema. And she looked at me, she goes, you definitely don't have lymphedema. And I said, oh, no, no, no. I mean, lipedema, L-I-P-E-D-E-M-A. And she says, well, if you want a war of words. And I said, whoa, I was okay. really shocked. Okay, so clearly <laughs> she didn't even understand the distinction between lymphedema and lipedema because there is no war of words. It's not, <laughs> not the same one thing. size fits all, right? It's yeah yeah oh I feel for you okay so can I just tell you already you are one of the most favorite people I've ever interviewed you're so <laughs> well spoken and your story is so captivating and in telling your story it is going to help so many other people so right. thank you for that many other people might have been discouraged at that kind of pushback after you were so happy and excited to finally get an appointment with such a prestigious <laughs> place right place, right I, so what really, what happened next well she left the room she went to go print out some photos 
And she came back with images of women who had lipedema. These images I'd seen because I'd literally been obsessing and searching the internet far and wide for more information about lipedema. I recognized these photos that she printed out. They, they were pictures of women who had lipedema in the legs <clears throat> and they had cuffing around the ankles. I don't have ankle cuffs. I have cuffing mid-calf. I have cuffing at the knee. I have cuffing mid-thigh and I have cuffing here and on my wrist, but I do not have ankle cuffs. She took one look at my ankles and she said, you do not have lipedema. And I said, well, okay, I understand you're, you know, you're comparing me to those photos. I just don't have ankle cuffs. And I didn't have all the language then to really convince her to take another look at me. Um, but she basically said, I'm not going to give you a referral to the Lipedema Research Center. I know what I'm looking at. I'm looking at, a, and she said, I will never forget these words. I'm looking at a woman who needs to go on a diet. And I started to put, I, I began to put my clothes back on <laughs> at that point because I was going to cry. <clears throat> I felt, I want to, I want to cry for you right now. <laughs> and felt- yet I can see by your smile that you, like all the other lipedema women I have interviewed, you are resilient and you have learned to advocate for yourself. So even though you may have shed a few tears right then and there, what happened next? Oh, I got out of the office as quick as possible. Honestly, I was triggered. I didn't hear much of what she said afterwards. <clears throat> I, you know, I, I remember asking her, are you sure? And holding up my arms and asking her to really take a look. And she said, I just think that some bodies are shaped this way. And so I, I thank you for your time. I'm going to go. <clears throat> I got out of that office as quickly as possible. And I, and I got to my car and I just cried all the way home. It took me another year to get up the courage to approach another doctor about lipedema. And when I did, I didn't approach a doctor who didn't know much about lipedema. I didn't want to talk to another doctor who didn't know about lipedema. I went directly to the person who <clears throat> I'd seen talk about it and taught me about it the first time, Dr. Amron. I scheduled a virtual appointment, which I didn't know I could do. It took a year for me to find that out. I thought I had to go to Southern California and I lived in Northern California, but no, the office said, no, you can schedule a virtual appointment. We'll show you exactly what you can do. And <clears throat> They told me what kind of photos I needed to take. And I was really kind of nervous about that too. But the moment he got on the phone with me, he just started, he began to tell me what he would do is first remove this area, you know, first remove lipedema from this area. And I said, wait, wait a minute, Dr. Amron actually called for a diagnosis. He goes, I'm diagnosing you right now. You have late stage three type two lipedema. And I screamed and I cried again. <laughs> But it felt like, like, just like that, like a hallelujah moment. I'm, I needed someone to, it felt like a sanity check, you know, yes. I don't know if that's able to say, but. Oh, absolutely. Felt- Everything that you knew <laughs> intuitively and through your research had been validated and you yes. were no longer striving to be heard or seen. That yes. is a clarifying pivotal moment in your life. Yes, I finally felt like I knew what was going on with my body. This has been my story for so long and I didn't know it. What I did not know at that time is that was just sort of the beginning. (laughs) I ended up maybe uh, one year later learning about Ehlers-Danlos syndrome and the comorbidities of lipedema. And that 
you know, was another piece of the, you know, story that I'm like, oh goodness, this explains so much about my mobility, about my hypermobile joints. And so I, I have a much better picture now of what it looks like to have um, one of the fat disorders that exist. And, and and I will also comment, you also have the beautiful youthful glow, <laughs> which often is you know, you got to look at some of the blessings. Right? <laughs> it's known that lipedema women have a younger appearance and yes, you literally shine with something that comes from deep inside of you. And I'm, I'm so excited that you found some answers and you've connected with some of the communities. I hope that you will attend or have attended one of our roundtables for lipedema. I attended one of the roundtables. Kara was on the roundtable that, at that time. Um, I attended one of the roundtables, and I will say this: I would not know anything if it weren't for the community of of women who are, you know, they're very what do you call it, resourceful. They <laughs> these women have taught me how to care for my. I have my dry brush right here. <laughs> My, I have to keep it at my desk, but these women have taught me how to care for myself because the doctors didn't know anything about it. So I have learned how to care for myself from other people with lipedema who are in groups, who are on the internet, who are writing blogs, who are making YouTube videos from folks like you having roundtables. Like literally, it's been a very grassroots sort of way to learn to care for my body in ways that I I'd never did, done before. <clears throat> What does that connection with others do for your mental health? Well, it's care that I'm not receiving in any other form. It's, it's care and care is, <clears throat> care is love and action. <laughs> you know, care is, is what I need. You know, I need, I need care. Um, and it's the type of care that I, I have not gotten anywhere. So I think it fills a very big hole. Uh, you know, whole, unfortunately, that was there and makes me feel very human, very, you know, there's parts of me that have been humanized because I have access to this care by way of these women who have put all this together. And here you are now using that very platform to encourage others. So you've been so generous with your time. And I just want to give you the spotlight here and say, if you were talking to a woman searching, like you were searching, and you've stumbled upon this video, what would you say to her? I think I tell everyone that you know your body better than anyone else can know your body. And as qualified as doctors are to treat bodies and to, you know in the study of bodies you have the visceral experience in your body that cannot be taught it cannot be learned in any institution i don't care what kind of degree or coat someone has believe your experience inside of your body wow that's yeah. powerful yeah when it comes down to it, doctors and patients are in a collaborative relationship. We need them just as much as they need us to diagnose. They need our experiences. They need our stories. 
So I find you to be someone I want to talk to again and again and again. I have a feeling that watching your journey is going to be so inspiring. I'm already inspired. Would you agree to come back and visit in a few months, perhaps? I love talking about my story. So yes, if it helps anyone, absolutely. Yeah. And you're one of those people. I get goosies. Um, (laughs) On the round table, you might've seen Angelique Charles. I I don't, I'm bad with names. That's all right. She's known as the lippy butterfly and. Oh yeah. Uh huh. Similarly, every time she talks, I just want to go like this and listen. And that's how I feel with you. There's something really special and very powerful in your story. And I'm looking forward to staying in touch with it. And by the way, to anybody watching, if you know someone with a lipedema story that deserves to be told like Breeze please reach out to me, bviola at lymphopress.com. And heart bows to you, Brie. You were amazing. Thank you. Thank you so much for this. Thanks for listening to this edition of our Lipedema one-on-one interview series. You can watch the video on TLC, the Lipedema channel on YouTube or on Instagram, IGTV, at lympha underscore press. For information on the most advanced pneumatic compression therapy in the world, visit lymphapress.com.